Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, it's Rob here. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Really excited about this topic, one that I haven't actually heard many people talk about. We're going to dive into it today because I know there's a lot of you who are coming off the back of a big event. There's been lots of events lately throughout April, May, June, uh, Gold Coast Marathon, um, Ultra Trail Australia, 24-hour races, um, Ironman Australia was recently as well, Brisbane Trail Ultra, um, Lakes 100, shout out to Rick Wales who took the win up there you know, a couple of weeks ago and an outstanding effort. This um, conversation was really uh, something that I came across with Jamie Williams, um, Kayama, the owner of Float Om, uh, Float Tank and um, Masseuse in Kayama. So thanks, Jamie, for um, kind of pointing me in this direction for this topic. So I really wanted to delve into this because if it's something that you struggle with, those post-race blues, if it's a regular thing you struggle with, or maybe it's somebody you know and you want to help them, whether you're a coach or a friend and you see them struggling with them, or maybe it's something that you want to prepare for um, in the future so that you don't have to go through the post-race blues. I know it's something that I've dealt with personally over the years and and really worked on um, to make sure you know I'm all over it. So I'm going to share you as much as you can, as much as I can in this episode, as always, just to try and give you one or two little things that will help you on your journey. So let's get stuck into it. So what are the post-race blues? Now, if you've experienced them before, or um, if you've been in a bit of a downer after a race, you have experienced the post-race blues. It's you work for ages to hit up to up hit a goal. You're going training, training, eating right, going to the gym, exercising, doing your training program, sleeping, doing your recovery work. You focus on that goal. You focus on that goal. Race day comes. You do the race. You get the result. Either it's a great result or it's not or you're disappointed or whatever. But then it's those days and weeks afterwards where you just feel perhaps you're on a bit of a downer. Sometimes you can feel a bit lost, like you're lacking motivation to run, like you're kind of just drifting at sea without a meaning or a purpose. Sometimes it can feel a little bit anticlimactic, like, oh, is that all it was? Um, And I'm just going to say right now, if this extends for longer than a few weeks and it goes into the months, then I really suggest you talk to someone uh, about it, psych or, um, you know, someone... Uh, GP psych, just to, just to make sure it's not something deeper. But all I want to start by saying is it's completely normal for a, a runner or a triathlete or an athlete to f- experience post-race blues sometime in your career. You are not alone. This happens very, very frequently. And it's one of those topics that we don't tend to talk about. And that's why I wanted to go down this path today. Sometimes you can even feel unplugged from your normal life, like you're not putting energy or effort in at work. You might even feel a bit antisocial, not want to catch up with people. And this is all um, a kind of a response to the path we're going to go down next and, and really find out why these things are happening. Um, and you might even notice this in a friend or a spouse or a colleague or someone you know who's just achieved or, or maybe not achieved a big goal, but, but finished training, gone for the event, had the big um, you know, high of the event, and then they've come off the cliff on the other side and they're not sure what to do next. So you might pick up a few of these symptoms in a friend or colleague. So let's have a look at possible causes of the post-race blues. And doing the research for this podcast 
there's not a lot of significant definite energy um, uh, energy around what definitely creates it. So we're going to look at all these possible causes. One of the best articles written by one of my favorite coaches and podcasters, David Roche, in Trail Runner Magazine, and I'll link that in the show notes. Um, I've taken some of his work into this podcast. So let's look at possible causes. Let's go to the work of Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar from a book, he's a psychologist, uh, from a book called Happier. He describes this term he coined called the arrival fallacy. Now, basically what he's saying is you work towards this goal for so long and you focus on it for so long and you get there and then on the other side of the goal is this emptiness. And, and what Dr. Ben-Shahar talks about here is that what was really important was the atmosphere of growth that you were experiencing as you were going towards the goal. So if we break that down a little bit, the goal gave you the opportunity to work hard towards something, to become somebody bigger than you usually are. You had to extend yourself in some way. You know, be better with your time management, be better with your, um, you know, your effort, your discipline, your motivation. You became this 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 different, this bigger side of you, this more expansive side of you to attain that goal. And that is what Dr. Ben Shahar is talking about. That's what is important, that atmosphere of growth that you experience on the way to the goal. Now, what he's saying is when the goal is finished and you stop those great habits that, that was leading you up to it, you feel this emptiness because it's like you're um, regressing a little bit as a person and you're not being that, you know, that expansive, higher purpose of yourself, higher expression of yourself that you needed to become to reach that goal. So consider that that might have happened to you, that arrival fallacy. Author Gretchen Rubin calls it the danger of the finishing line, right? And that's a really good way to put it out. It's like, oh no, I'm getting close to my goal. That means I'm going to stop being this amazing human that I had been um, leading up to the goal. Um, so consider that it could be the dropping of the habits. And if you can grab those habits and continue them on, that's one way we're going to look at how to overcome that a bit later on. Let's look at evolutionary reasons why this post-goal blues or post-race blues might, um, might be happening to you. Think about way back in the days when we used to chase down um, um, antelope and deer and, and, and stuff and, and wear it down so we could eat for, in, in the tribes, right? So imagine you've just spent hours or days chasing down a deer. You finally um, take the deer down. You've reached your goal after however many miles and, and effort and, and, and skills you needed to follow it and take it down. But you can't relax, because that lion might just be around the corner looking at you and waiting to take your kill. So you, you can't even celebrate that you've got it. You, you can't let your guard down because you know, you're now vulnerable um, to what might come and take your prize off you, right? So this could also be part of our evolution, right? Biological reasons. And this is the part from David Roche's article, Trail Runner Magazine. Um, Lots of lots of hormones are released in that big goal. Say you're doing a you know a significant race like a a half marathon or a marathon or or longer an ultra. Lots of cortisol hormones released. Um, 
and, and that really takes a toll on the endocrine system at releasing these hormones to get you that adrenaline to get you through, you know. And, and what it does is it knocks your body out of that homeostasis, that balance point, because it's secreting so many um, hormones to get you through what you want to push yourself through to reach your goal that there can be a lag time while the endocrine system um, rejuvenates. And that can feel like, I used to describe it, I just felt flat. I just had no energy, a lack of motivation. Um, and I just want to tell you, as the years go on, this gets less and less. So your body adapts to it. So I used to experience in this, like when I first started running ultras, I experienced it a lot, that downer and just feeling like I was completely depleted. Now, yes, it could be a nutritional. I wasn't recovering well, um, wasn't you know maintaining electrolytes in the, in the post-race uh, recovery. But I really had a, a feeling it was more than that. It was this, it was this hormone uh, release and then trying to rebuild that over the next days and weeks. So that's a biological reason. And looking at the further end of these hormones, those endorphins, the endorphins are released when we exercise and post-exercise. And so those endorphins, the way to describe what they're like, it's like a shot of morphine. It's why you feel so good when you run or after a run. It's because your body is swimming this beautiful morphine drug and you get a little dose of it. And when you stop training after a goal, so you, so you just run the goal and then you have a, you know maybe a week or two off. So right now, I'm injured. I'm not running. I haven't run now for 10 days. And I have experienced a lack of those endorphins through not training. And, and it's good that I have the awareness about what's happening because otherwise I could think, you know, why aren't I just that little, little bit higher than, you know, where I normally have that balance set point. It's because I'm not training every day and I'm not experiencing that, that shot of morphine every couple or twice a day for me. So that's what's happening at the moment. And that can also happen to you after a race because you're not getting after it as much you're not getting as much of those uh, endorphin release. Dopamine, the next kind of um, neurotransmitter that we're going to talk about here. Thinking about dopamine as the reward or, um, transmitter or, or the transmitter of more. It's the one that keeps you scrolling on Instagram. It's the one that keeps you pressing the, the button at the pokies. That, that maybe th- just a bit more, just a bit more, just a bit more. They call it dopamining, right? You're mining for more dopamine. Oh, it could be this. The next post will be awesome. Or the next time I press the button, I'll win the money or blah, blah, blah. And so dopamine, when you use it for good, not evil, it's, um, dopamine is released with progress, so this is what I want to go. You might have heard that really cliche term about, you know, focus on the process, not on the outcome, or it's about the journey, not the destination, those kind of things, right? Dopamine is released with progress towards a goal. So um, when you take away the goal and you're taking away the progression, you, your your brain is not secreting as much dopamine because it doesn't feel like you're moving forward. And that's why when we get into the how next, you're going to find out ways to, to, to help you feel like you're still progressing, even though this grand goal that you've been training for, I mean, come on, sometimes we train for a goal for a year, right? And you focus on it, you focus on it, you focus on it, and the steps that you're taking, are um, your experience of dopamine hit every time you're progressing, if you take away that goal, then maybe the brain and body's like, well, where am I going? What, I, what am I making progress towards? So when you can link progress, and here's the link for you, linking progress with the process, 
right? So every time I go for a run, I'm getting better. Every time I have the recovery shake, every time I jump in the, you know, the cold plunge, every time I go to do my strength work, every time I get, you know, get to bed early, that's, that's the process that takes you towards the goal. And the dopamine is released when you, experience, when you can see that as progress. I'm progressing towards my goal. So me now, with an injury setback, not running, I'm not, experience, not experiencing the p- progress towards a goal. But it's okay because I know how to reframe it. I know how to understand that this is just part of the journey. The injury setbacks are all part of being an athlete and pushing the boundaries like, like we all do. All right, so if you're not getting a dopamine hit, then you're not getting that reward, then there can be a lack of motivation to continue. Let's keep on going. If, this is a bit deeper now, if you've linked the attainment of your goal to your, to your self-worth, then that can be a way that you experience post-race blues. Let me explain this a little bit deeper. You're looking for an if-then statement. So, or a when-then statement. So, when I finish this race, then I'll feel like I'm good enough. If I can finish this in a blah-blah-blah time, then I'll be happy, right? And these are statements that you just got to be careful and just watch out for that you're not saying that goal means I'm a worthy human being and I'm worthy of love, right? And if you look at the work of Ben Crow, who's a mindset... um, Coach uh, to the stars, you know, Ash Barty, Dylan Alcott, Steph Gilmore, um, yeah, a lot of the Richmond footballers and AFL players. He talks about separating your self worth from the outcome. How does Ash Barty still be uh, a human being worthy of love and a great human being without having to win a grand slam? Those types of things. I did a lot of work around this with Claudine Shishpatish, my mindset coach. And one of the sentences I came up with, just to throw this at you, was whether or not I go for this run, I am still good enough. And focusing on being good enough, worthy of love, an effective and, and lovable human being, no matter what I do. And that's how you separate who you are as a person from what you do. And then Ben Crow sim- um, summarizes this to, to a human being versus a human doing, right? So just think about where you may have said one of these things in the past. When I get that job, then I'll feel like I'm good or I'm successful or I've made it, right? When I do this, then I'll let myself have a rest or then I'll reward myself, blah, 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 blah. You've got to remember happiness is a practice. It's not a place that you arrive at, okay? But when you hit goals, it's important that you look back and see what you've achieved and who you became in the process. That's how you build that confidence um, and remind yourself of what you're capable of and who you are. I'm not going to spend any more time on this. I hope this hits home. Just watch out like a red flag that, that you're relying on. When I get that, then I'll be good enough, fast enough, smart enough, lovable, everybody will like me. Life will be sweet. Okay, no, 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 no. Work on that first and then go the hell after your goals as hard as you can. Right. Let's look at a grieving process. If you imagine going after a goal and then you've got your goal and it's the week after you've done it, there can be a period of grieving. So grieving is associated with loss. 
If you've just moved on from a goal that you've been focusing on for so long, then it's possible that your body is experiencing a loss of something that was important to you, like the death of a loved one, right? Similar in the same um, pattern in your brain. I was focused on this thing for so long. It meant so much to me. I spent so many hours training, preparing, planning, thinking, doing it all, and then it's gone. And I've lost that thing that was that was enriching my life in so many ways. So there's a grieving process for you. And you know that there are the five stages of grief. Grief, Elizabeth Kubler Ross will talk about you can look at look those up and look at the way that you move through you know, the anger, the bargaining, and, and you move through it till you come out to the acceptance that my goal is gone, it's time to move on. We're not, I'm not giving you the answers yet because I just want to give you an idea of why this might be happening so that you can understand that you're a perfect human being and you're experiencing something natural that we all go through. And if you can relate to one of these reasons and go, oh, that's why I feel like I do. Right, now I understand. I'm going to stop judging myself. I'm going to realize that I've gone off this massive thing. I'm on a bit of a downer and now I'm going to start to work back to it. Sometimes... You can be disappointed in your goal, right? So you've trained for, uh, so I trained for a three-hour marathon. Um, I ran my first three-hour marathon in 2013. So I went after it and I ran a 3.03 in Canberra and then I ran, oh, I very got close twice, right? And you you know, for me, I'm in, I have to work hard to, to run that kind of pace, that was a big focus for me, and I didn't hit it a couple of times. And there's that air of disappointment. But somebody helped me um, realize that it's, and the, and the reframe is, was it disappointment or is it ambition? And when you can reframe your disappointment to, you know, why I'm feeling disappointed, it's because I want to get after it and I am ambitious. And Rightly so, I'm disappointed because I didn't hit my goal, but it's because I'm ambitious and I'm going to get after it again, right? So that really helped me um, do it and I eventually achieved it. So, But someone to come along with wisdom like that and, and help you can just be the thing that clicks you over the edge and go, yeah, that's right. I, I do want this. It is important to me and it's because I'm ambitious, not, not important. Uh, I was going to say not important, not disappointed. Okay, I'm going to move on now to the how, right? So what do we do about this and how do you move past it and move through it, help someone else you know and care about move through it as well? I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff. There's no order to this, but I want you to just grab something that might work and apply it, especially if you're currently experiencing the post-race blues. So the first thing I'm going to say is resist that temptation to move on quickly. Sometimes post-race blues can feel like someone's thrown you in the in the deep end and you're out at sea and you're drowning and you just you want to grab onto anything. That race will do, or I'll do that one next, or or I really you know, I need to set something bigger and faster and more, 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 more. I want you to say just press pause on that and resist that temptation. I used to do this. <clears throat> I'm the I was the expert at this. Now it wasn't until I attended a a course that I did and. Um, at the course, I learned that we all have a driving question that our brain says to us over and over and over and over every day. Now, you may have heard this before, you may not have, but but basically it's something that you say to yourself, you don't, we're not aware of, it's completely unconscious, but it's when you become conscious of it, it can really help you understand yourself at a deeper level. 
So throughout the course, I learned that my driving question in life, and I I laugh at it every single day because it's just like it's on repeat. My driving question is, what's next? And that goes on repeat over and over and over and over in my head. What's next? What's next? Okay, what's next? What do I have to do next? What do I need to do next? What am I going to do next? Blah, 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 in different contexts, right? Now, if you put that in the racing context, you finish a goal, right, what's next? Bigger, faster, longer, harder, more elevation, uh, hotter temperature, um, more competitive race, blah, 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 blah. What's next? What's next? What's next? Now, the problem with that driving question for me is I never acknowledged my results. I never acknowledged what I did um, and what I was capable of. So consequently, if you've heard any interviews with me, I didn't have that strong identity and, and lacked confidence like you wouldn't believe because I never took the time to build my confidence. I, you have to build confidence. You have to work on it. It's a process. But I never did. I did a goal and then I'm like, right, what's next? And I moved on, focused on the next mountain, climb that, next mountain, climb that, and that's, that's the way that I was living my life. Um, and that's when I had that, you know, that driving question. So if you can work out, if, well, if you have a driving question, you might be aware of it now after hearing me talk about mine. But resist the temptation to set the next goal when you're in the post-race blues. Instead, we're going to take you through some other things you can do. The first thing is to understand what is happening. And that's why I wanted to to, to show you the processes of what's going on inside your brain and body when you're experiencing this downer after a race. When you can understand something, so in psychology and in all this stuff, awareness is so important. Sometimes they say awareness is 90% of change. Just like, oh, you mean I'm doing that? Oh, now I understand. So when you can understand what's happening in your brain and body, why you're feeling like you do, then I really want you to love yourself for being a normal human being and having normal human being emotions. Now, when you can normalize it and accept it as part of the process, you are on a journey of growth as an athlete. And I want you to think of it as a lifelong journey. And every goal is a step along that journey. And hopefully, you are growing in some way. I'm not just talking about getting faster or getting you know, I don't know, whatever your, you know, progress goals, I'm talking about you as a complete human. So even when you're getting to, you know, the age where sometimes your results will start to dip, instead of running fast, you're doing the same effort and your times are getting slower, then how else are you improving? Are you improving in community? Are you improving in your wisdom? Are you becoming a mentor? Are you um, becoming better at your strength work? Because, you get more injuries. Are you, you know, this is what I'm talking about, how you can grow even though your results, as in your Strava times and all that kind of stuff, aren't going in the direction. So accepting it as part of the process. Every goal you're going after, every time you do a session is the process towards you becoming a more complete athlete. And, and growth is never linear. It's never just that bottom left or top right on a graph. It's always cyclical. And right now, for me, just to say it again, I'm in a cycle of injury and reflection and what did I do wrong? How can I grow from this? What can I spend my time on? And that's part of that cyclical growth and I'll come back better and stronger. Um, Talk to someone about your post-race blues. 
what we do in this country and I think in the Western culture so well is we keep our vulnerabilities and our struggles to ourselves. And if you ever listen to Brené Brown talk about secrecy and shame, and that's shame relies on secrecy. And when you can share it and you say, you know what, I've just done this amazing goal. I'm not feeling so great. I'm feeling a bit of a downer. And you share it with someone you love or, or you care about or you feel safe with. Then you give a voice to it and you get the thoughts. You have to process the thoughts spinning around around your head. You have to put them into a language to come out your mouth and you've shared them and you need that person just to hear you and you can just verbalize it and say it. Don't tell everyone. You don't have to tell everybody you see that you know, you've just run your marathon and now you're on a post-race booth. Just the person that you um, trust or feel safe with and just giving it that airtime can sometimes be enough to um, acknowledge what you're going through. Okay, so having strategies in place that work for you. Okay, now this this might be something you do after the goal. And again, if this stuff doesn't work for you, just ditch it and, and listen. something will come along that will um, that will work for you. Um, one of the strategies that I put in place is I always have a goal in the future after the big goal that I'm going for. Always. And this is, this is one of the ways that I got, I never used to do this. And now it's always, as I'm going for this next goal, I've penciled in the one after it. That reminds me that I'm on a lifelong trajectory as a runner and that it's never about this race. It's always just about the next race, the next race. And so if you put it all on this grand, huge day um, and have nothing part, past that to focus on, that's when you can experience a deeper post-race blues. Having said that, I go back to what I just said is don't finish your big goal and then while you're in the post-race blues, set the new one. Have the new one out there ready to go um, for you to focus on. That also will help you with your pre-race anxiety. If you can listen to that podcast that I did on pre-race anxiety. Um, then it can become other ways for your strategy. So after the goal, I'm going to write a detailed race report. Again, one of the things that I do to really, really get that um, all of the emotion out on the paper, I capture it. And this is something I do in my work as a fiery to pro- process traumatic events. I write a story about it in detail every like so if you just did a race every time you stopped how you felt at the 2k race i had a drink a 2k event sorry 2k point i had a drink you know i spoke to this person who you know they were from here and i got to know their life story and and then we went through this and then it rained and then it, you know blah 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 and, and really do it in detail um you might pick up something completely different to distract you from running for a while. You might start a new hobby or reconnect with a hobby that you put on hold while you were training so much. Um, you know, you might pick up what's been neglected in that time, what you haven't been doing because you've been spending so much time training. And that can be part of the, your post-race plan as well. Gratitude to everyone who's helped you. Can you write a letter, gifts, acknowledge somehow all the people that helped you get to your goal? And thank them, and you know, for saying you helped me, or I couldn't have done it without you, or you improved my experience. To share that goal with somebody else. Sometimes the downness can be a lonely and isolation feeling. And when you realise you didn't do that alone, you got out and trained because your partner or your friend or somebody was there. They had your back while you were out in the road. You know, they were doing the, the school lunches and drop offs, or they were picking up. You know, the slack that you 
so so you could get out there and do it. It's never just a um, a one person. I'm not going to say never, but, but if you can see that it's not that one person thing, it'll help you uh, understand that it's bigger than just you. Um, acknowledging who you have become and your growth along the way. Okay, really important. Looking back and saying. Who was I? Who did I become to get this goal? I was a person who prioritized, you know, my health and my sleep and my training and my recovery and my strength and, um, or, you know, I, I, I had a coach or I had a psych or I had somebody to help me through the process. I never would have asked for help without these, this goal, you know, and I, I got to meet all these people or I ran a running club or I, I ran with a, you know, a, a training buddy that I never would have done that without this goal or I had to plan my meals in advance. I had to, you know, all these things that you did that this goal called out of you. And one of my favorite quotes, when you set a big goal, um, one of my favorite quotes, it's supposed to seem impossible or it won't bring out your best. And and that's what this goal stuff is all about. But when you look back and say, I did all these amazing things because of that goal, that's how you can really acknowledge yourself and build your confidence. Getting back into the challenge mindset, if you go back to the podcast on challenge versus threat mindsets. When you um, finish a goal, sometimes you can slip back into a threat mindset, um, which is um, avoiding or or coming back on your heels or kind of just, you know, back to kind of a passive nature. Um, And I'm going to encourage you to get after it again. So refocus um, your mindset on challenge and what you've done and what you can do in the future, if that makes sense. Coming out of that avoidance and that threat state. Um, a little bit deeper here. I need a sip of drink. This might resonate with a few people. It might not. Again, if it does, great. If not, wait for the next one. A values check-in. So let's talk about values and goals just quickly. Your values are like a direction that you're heading in life. Like a compass. Let's just say, let's just say your um, your values are you heading west, right? And your values might be family, health, relationships, um, you know, fun, um, achievement. Right? These are like the big words that are driving the direction that you're going in life. Your goals are points along the way that you can tick off. And achieve, you know. Um, for example, getting the job, um, getting married, um, buying a house, getting a car, getting a promotion, training for a marathon. These are goals, right? You can tick the box next to them and say that. But achievement, you can't really tick the box next to that. Family, I can't really tick the box. It's a, it's a direction that I'm heading. Now, here's the clincher: Do your goals? line up with your values. If you're heading west on family, relationship, um, you know, you know, being a great spouse or a great friend or a great parent, do your goals line up with that? Are they dots along that westerly direction or is your goal taking you in an easterly, northeasterly direction completely apart from your values? This is a key point because sometimes people will chase a goal that's somebody else's goal. That's not aligned with their values. They might, you know, see like a really successful business person and think, that's what I need to do. I need to just work like, 
work like jobs or, or you know, Elon Musk or someone just go after this. 100% I'm just going to stay up um, late, get up early. I'm always going to be hustling, hustling, hustling. And then ultimately, it's not aligned with their values, which are, you know, family or, or, or time with friends or – and you can see those two things, but they're inspired by something, but it's not aligned with their true nature. Now, I want you to check in that your goals, your future goals, are aligned with who you really want to be. When you think about yourself at 100 years old and the person that you want to be, or at 80 years old, the the rocking chair thing where you sit there and you're like, who do I want to become in that rocking chair? So for me, I I want to be wise. I want to be a mentor. I want to be supportive and help other people. Um, achieve their goals. I, I want to be someone who shares what I've learned. And that's the, you know, that, that 80, 90, 100 year old that I want to be. I still want to be fit. I want to be running. I want to be healthy. And and I, I'm making sure that like the family that I've, you know, I've grown when I'm 100, I want to be so involved with that family and, and such, a, you know, the, the coolest great grandfather ever who, you know, takes interest in those all of my family and friends, and that's who I want to be. So when I set that vision for my life, making sure that those goals that I'm currently chasing are directly in line with that. Now, if you're doing that now and and your goal is not in line with your values, um, there's a few things you can do. Don't panic. It's, it's not a big deal. I want you to have the awareness around it. But the first thing is, can you align it? And how this is quickly how you do that. So let's just say, so I used to have myself tied in knots because I was like, I'm training all these hours. I want to go after these ultra marathons. But way more important than running ultra marathons for me is my family, my wife and my kids and, and my immediate family. So I saw training as being a different direction than family. So I saw going after ultras. So I would run out the door and I would run with guilt. And I'd say, I've got it. I should be with my kids. I should be with my wife. And I'm running and I'm like, oh, I'm going after this thing. So I had these things completely going in different directions. But the question to ask yourself to line your goals with your values is, how does the attainment of my goal make me even better? And then you insert their value. For example, for me, how does going after um, this ultra marathon I'm currently training for, how does that make me a better father? How does getting out the door, going for a run, make me a better husband? How does that make me a better mentor, a better coach, a better leader at work? And it might take you a little bit of work to line these up, but you will get there if you keep asking that question and finding ways to do it. I come home as a better father. I come home with more energy. I come home with more um, enthusiasm and I'm more inspired. I want to do more things. I've got more more energy, more more. Um, I'm just, a, like I said before, a better person when I'm out there running. That's how this is aligned with my value. So you can align your goals to a value. Very difficult to change your values to meet your goals, okay? I'm not going to spend too much time on that, but just consider the work of John Demartini to look into values and, and to understand. You can do heaps of questionnaires, like what's most important to you in life, who do you want to be, all those kind of questions will get you clear on your values and then looking if your goals will line up with them. Um, so really consider um, f- focusing on your values and and who you are becoming in the achievement and the, and the pursuit of this goal. All right, let's keep on moving. Let's keep on moving. 
plan this, plan the, the, the post-race um, strategy into your next preparation cycle. This comes from Chris McCormack, champion Aussie triathlete. Now, Chris always had his post-race plan um, linked in to his training program. So I'm just going to read through the steps that Chris had. He had um, a six-week post-race strategy. So one to two weeks was complete rest. Three to four weeks was recharge. Obviously, he's refueling, um, looking after his body in those three to four weeks. In the four to six, it was a reset. So he was looking for the next goal or the next challenge. And then six weeks plus was a rebuild phase. Now, if you consider that having that already in your plan, it gives you that focus to work on directly after your goal so that you're not flailing in the breeze, hoping that the next magical goal (laughs) just comes along. Um, You've already got it planned and you're prepared for it. So Chris McCormack, legend. Um, Once again, don't do this after you goal as a knee-jerk reaction to it, have it pre-planned before you go. Now, I've come to the end of the podcast. I'm hoping you got something out of this. I want you to, I just want to reiterate a few of those things. Um, you are good enough already. You don't need to run a sub-four-hour marathon. You don't need to do the Couch to 5K to be good enough. You are already good enough. Claudine Chi, one of the best ever, um, like her wisdom is is endless, but one of the best things you will learn from Claudine is one of her sayings, I am enough, but I am not done yet. And if you can let that sink and go after, look after more of Claudine and, and you will find how she really uh, role models this. This is just her life. And sinking into that I am already enough and I'm going after these things in my life, right? Think about what I said about the process giving us progress and looking for progress consistently. You're on this cyclical growth. You are getting better even when you're injured, even when you're sick, even when work is too much and you're not getting out running or training as much as you want, even when blah, 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 you're still growing as a runner, as an athlete, it's all part of the journey. And um, I'm just going to leave you that quote again. It is supposed to feel impossible or else it won't bring out your best. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something. As always, maybe just one thing is all you need um, and make sure you apply it in some way. Um, as always, it's such a privilege and an honor for me to share this stuff and I I'm really grateful um, to be able to to have your attention for this and that you choose to listen to this podcast because, um, and I promise you that I will make it always as valuable as I can. Uh, I won't be pumping it out as often as other podcasters do, but that's because I really want to make sure that I don't waste any words or I don't waste any of your time and everything I give you is practical and something that's going to help you become a better runner, better athlete and a better person. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something practical and useful out of this podcast or something inspiring to help you get out for your next run. If you have a question about Mindset for Runners or athletes in general, please email me at robmason.run at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. If there's anybody you know who could benefit from the information I share in this podcast, 
please share it with them. See you next time.